Continuing in Luke's Gospel. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. It was early October, and we were outside Riga. And the conference center was isolated, deep in a thick pine forest. And it was before dawn. And I'd stepped out into the forest in the dark for a bit of fresh air, and I was standing on a low ridge. I was thinking about the carol services this Christmas, and particularly pondering one verse from one of the readings we've just heard. As dawn broke, all around me I noticed regularly spaced indentations on the ridge, and it became clear I was in the middle of a 70-year-old defensive position, a network of trenches. And I went inside and asked my Latvian friends for confirmation, and they spoke of the battle that had been fought there in 1944. And here's the verse that I had been pondering. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those who, with whom he is well pleased. It causes problems, doesn't it? I mean, did the angels get it wrong? Was the mission of Jesus a failure? The first part of the verse presents no worries. Glory to God in the highest. Heaven offers praise at the birth of Jesus. And that heaven should offer praise is no surprise. Why do champagne corks pop in heaven? The birth of Jesus. What causes the ticker tape to be put up by the angels? The birth of Jesus. On what basis does the heavenly host come out to party? The birth of Jesus. I have no doubt that it happened. We're not dealing with myth here. This is not make-believe, fantasy, or fiction. Phil has already mentioned Luke, Dr. Luke, a medical doctor, and his method and approach. He acted as an investigative historian, and his account reads as history. Consider just a few words from the last reading we had. Let's go over to Bethlehem and see, literally see, this word that has happened. They went with haste, and they found Mary. When they saw it, they made known the word. Mary treasured up these words. And they returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. So we're dealing here with first-hand courtroom testimony. 
And if you've not done it, I would really encourage you to take one of these Gospels, to read it for yourself, to think about that Christianity Explored or a guided read-through with a friend. It would be a great thing to do in the new year. I'm always amazed here in the city where careful analysis is so much the staple that so often the testimony is discarded without due process. Take a gospel, read it. Heaven offers praise, anticipated for millennia, evidenced by independent witnesses, recorded by the authorized, heralded through the ages, this ages. This baby is like no other. It's no surprise that heaven offers praise. We have a new baby in our family. Please don't worry, I am not the father. There's been no supernatural occurrence, nor has there been an ecclesial scandal. The child's uncle, a 28-year-old, uninitiated in the necessities of infant adoration, requested on day three of the baby's life that a separate family WhatsApp group be set up for baby pictures. The sentiment was not widely appreciated. In an attempt to redeem himself on day seven of his newborn niece's life, he announced proudly, I did hold it. We celebrate the birth of babies, don't we? There are announcements in the broadsheets. Cigars are offered. Photo sheets outside the Lindo wing of St. Mary's Royal Strand. Heaven celebrates with a multitude of the heavenly host. That's an army, by the way. The heavenly host is God's military. The military came out to celebrate. Think of the assembled in Buckingham Palace Gardens following the coronation, exponentially multiplied. Suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. But that's not our issue. It's the second half of the verse that causes the problem. Peace on earth. Back in the forest outside Riga, I came in for breakfast and asked my friends from churches in Latvia and Lithuania about this defensive position, and they spoke of the forest brothers and of General Oskar's Kalpaks and of the battle fought at that site in 1944. And very quickly, the conversation turned to late February and March 2022, and how in the schools, every few seconds, the children were checking to see the progress just across the border. And then we flew back into Heathrow. And that weekend... Hamas. Peace on earth? (laughs) Did the angels get it wrong? Was Jesus' mission really a, a great failure? In what sense does he bring peace on earth? Heaven offers praise at the birth of Jesus. God offers peace through the death of Jesus. Now let's be clear. Jesus never promised to bring peace on earth in this age in the sense of an end to military conflict. This is Jesus 
speaking later in this account, which I hope you might take away and read, he says this, nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Jesus doesn't anticipate peace on earth in this age. Nor did he promise an end to family disputes and neighborly disagreements. Here is Jesus speaking again later in the gospel, which I hope we might read for ourselves. Do you think that I've come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, in one house, there will be five divided, three against two, two against three. There are a number of individuals in the congregations that meet here on a Sunday who have fled their own siblings and parents as a result of genuine conversion to follow Jesus and subsequent death threats. So in what sense does Jesus offer peace? The answer comes earlier in this account and then all the way through it. Here is John the Baptist, uh, John the Baptist's father, speaking of the role of the Baptist. He says this, you child, that's John, shall go before the Lord, that's Jesus, to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Later in the gospel, Jesus speaks to a woman described only as the sinful woman. We don't know quite what she'd done. Whatever it was, was publicly scandalous and repeatedly so. She comes to him. He says to her, as a result of her trust in him, your sins have been forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So the peace God offers in this age through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is a peace with God now, today, that comes through the forgiveness of sin. It it turns out that there is a war on in the heart and soul of every man, woman, and child born into this world. It seems that the battleground is a battleground whose conflict is sin and that peace between God and humanity will come only as forgiveness is won through the child Jesus, the man they crucified. When the heavenly armies marched out to praise God, They were praising God for the prospect of peace with God through the forgiveness of sin. Heaven offers praise at the birth of Jesus. God offers peace through the death of Jesus. Now, the trouble with a word like sin is that it's so hopelessly misunderstood. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word sin, I think of kind of too much chocolate tort at Christmas lunch or 
opening a Christmas present on Christmas Eve when we shouldn't have done. I actually have a relative who often nips down and peeps in to have a look and see what the prezies are. Or, or, or maybe, you know, one too many sherbets at the office party. When God mentions sin, he is speaking of rebellion. Sin in the Bible is a matter of ignoring God living in God's world as if God does not exist, rejecting his rightful rule. Its evidence is acts. Its essence is attitude. Its fruit is wrong deeds. Its root is wrong direction. I will not have God rule me. That's sin. A refusal to recognize God is an act of hostility to our creator. It is a declaration of intent. So it turns out there is a war on in the heart and soul of every man, woman, and child, and the battleground is the battleground of sin. For some, it's a cold war, a kind of fortified standoff. For others, it's a guerrilla war, a disruption behind enemy lies, disguised but with occasional acts of defiance. For others, it's open, uninhibited, full frontal, all-out assault. I will not have God rule over me. You shall give knowledge of salvation in the forgiveness of sins. You shall guide our way into the path of peace. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Well, Jesus grew up. He lived the perfect life. He was fully God. He went to the cross. At the cross, he died. There he carried God's judgment at all of our rebellion, the attitude and the acts, heaven offers praise through the birth of Jesus. God offers peace through the death of Jesus. And the price of peace is the death of Christ. You probably know Jesus' first words to his disciples following his death and resurrection. Risen from the grave, he stands amongst his disciples as they are assembled and he says, peace be with you, friendship with God, sins forgiven, reconciliation. It changes everything. And would it not be the most wonderful thing if this Christmas there was peace in our hearts with our creator as we, well, surrender to the rule of Jesus and receive the forgiveness he offers The party life of heaven is mentioned on at least two other occasions in this gospel. Read it, see if you can spot them. Here's one of them. Jesus tells a parable of a woman who loses 10% of her life saving. 10%. 
She scours the house. Ever lost your engagement ring? It's that kind of moment. She scours the house. When she finds the 10% coin, she holds it up and throws a huge party. And Jesus says, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What gets the champagne corks popping in heaven? What causes the heavenly host to put out the ticker tape? What makes the angels get down and party? The birth of Jesus, of course, heaven offers praise. The coming home of one rebel, surrender. And so it transpires that even now, even today, December the 17th, 2023, there could be a party in heaven if one of us put up the white flag, surrendered to Jesus, received the forgiveness and the reconciliation he offered. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, who comes home in surrender. May I wish you a very, very happy Christmas indeed.